You're listening to Sex in Iceland with me, your host, Sigurdur, an Icelandic sexologist. Yeps, so I'm in Garður. I'd probably start every episode by like, yes, I'm guessing. Well, that's positivity for you. Here I am in the Garður Cemetery. For those of you who are English-speaking and live in Iceland, Garðar and Sangerði is on the is on Reykjanes. It's by the airport, and I would suggest, like, if you're a tourist touristing to Iceland, that this and you just got off the plane and you're like Iceland, I want to feel you, and you're not too busy for t- not too pressed for time, go have a drive through Garðar and. They're right next to one another. It's like, I don't know, five or ten kilometers between them or something. Like, you can drive easily between them. And these are kind of cutesy, not kitschy, but kind of like... It's kind of like Iceland frozen in time a little bit. It's um, it's country-ish, you know. You have sheep and you have tractors and you have horses. It's very close to the ocean. It has amazing view. It has a cool... Garðar has... Um, as a lighthouse and a nice little coast for picking shells and stuff. I wouldn't say, you know, like, it's not proper beach. It's more like, I don't know if the definition between coast and beach is the amount of shells. But anyways, that's what I would say. And it's just, you know, they have they the both they have both schools, so, like, so you could have your kids go and play there for a bit. They've got swimming pools as well. It's just, it's a little bit like, okay, where have I landed? Because you go into Reykjavik and, you know, you see all these houses and Iceland might feel a bit modern, but then you come to like these places and you're like, hmm, that's a new house, but that's an old house. And that's half of a new house with half of an old house with an, with no roof or something. I don't know. I kind of li- like that. Um, feels like it's a little bit run down and broken kind of feel to it I think there's something beautiful about it there's something weird to me about like um, because I've traveled to the states not for some years now not since you know who must not be named took office um I and I I usually you know going through the cul-de-sacs with all the new houses and they all look alike and they have all these rules and regulations regarding what you can and cannot do with your property and your lawn and your yard and your um, driveway and whatever. I used to live in a cul-de-sac in um, Santa Clarita in, in, is it Los Angeles County? I think so. And uh, I remember it was like, oh no, we can't park the boat there. Oh no, we have to be very careful. Some oil leaked from the car. Oh no, you can't drive your bike on other people's driveways. And it was just like, it was so strange and restrictive. And I was like, what is going on? In the states i get that you have to have regulations but calm down people and what i actually love about when you go into the countryside of iceland and i mean this isn't proper country but it kind of feels that way is that you'll see people just have all sorts of stuff like like here in garder they have all these different kinds of art in their backyards and you know a lot of pl- people here have tractors as well and i just love it that you kind of allow to i don't know go about your own business there's a sense of freedom here like i'm I haven't seen one car drive by since I've been standing here. Like, I see some cars, but they're parked. And um, and I'm just standing in the cemetery, catching some sunlight. So I'm getting some rays on my face. And, and I'm just hanging out. And it's not illegal. And I'm not bothering anybody. Nobody's bothering me. Just here, looking at over the graveyard, admiring the tombstones. And, and there's this gorgeous... Um, 
is one gorgeous kind of like I'll probably post a picture of it, like a statue of a fat woman with two kids. And it's like just all of a sudden in the middle. Like, I don't think it's a proper grave. I think it's just like for decorational purposes. But, you know, stuff like that, it, it's they're not all aligned, you know, the tombs and they're not all facing the same way. And it feels kind of kind almost kind of like just strewn wherever feels kind of coincidental where they place the graves. I know there's probably some order to it, but I don't know. There's something. I think there's something beautiful in the organized chaos, which is unorganized because it's chaos. There's something gorgeous about it. So there's a long, it's been a long time since I've um, done a podcast in, in English. I've been super busy. Um, I just handed over my second novel to be, uh, what do you call it? Ed, to the editor. Yeah, to be both proofwritten and edited. And um, the person who is doing it, Gurun Laura, is the same as did Kinvera, my first novel. So I'm excited about that. The second novel is called um, Tade. And I think I won't change the name. You know, I thought like, should we do like, um, you know, something that starts with the same syllable as Tade, you know, like the same letter I meant as Tade, D. So I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want it to be called like douche Tade or dick Tade, Tade the dick, Tade the douche, Tade the, no, I, I, I wasn't feeling it. So I thought, you know, because it's his story and it's kind of the story of him, his penis, of love, of feelings, of disappointment, of heartache and of um, and orientation and sex and it's all and gender and it's all these you know, feelings and experiences. So I think I'll just have a clean name like I did with Kinvera. Which actually had a double meaning, so I, I don't know, that was a bit clever. But uh, even though to say, my, say so myself. But with Dade, I think I'll just, I think I'll just stick with Dade. And I'm thinking that I will get both of them translated probably end of this year or beginning of next, 2020, together. Because they kind of go together. They are independent, but they kind of make sense together as well. So I think that's what I'll do. So stay tuned, but not until next year for those stories and what else has been in the news I had a pap smear yesterday not that that's something to report on but if you live here in Iceland you can um, book an appointment at the Krabbeminsfjela the cancer society's um, thing in Skowatleith and um, it costs 4,700 and they just give you an appointment you show up at the reception, uh, you go uh, to the second floor, show up at the reception, you say your name and, the, and then you pay and then you have to answer some questions in an iPad and then they let you into the waiting room. You go into this like little little curtain kind of, I don't know what, what you would call it. it it's kind of like a cubicle, yeah. Go into this little cubicle, remove your clothes, put on like a robe go out front, sit in the waiting room with all the other vulvas in robes and wait to get your pap smear. And it literally takes under a minute for the pap smear to happen. It's so fast. They just like, they just like open up, swap and it's over. And um, who, uh, the person that did my pap smear yesterday was actually the uh, midwife that delivered my second child. So I was like, hey, you delivered and you sewed my labia she's like yes and I did a fine job of it I'm like yes yes you did thank you very much and so that was kind of cool 
but uh, this is something you need to do every three years. Once, especially, I think once you're over 20, but especially once you become sexually active, this is, I don't know if it's vulva to vulva or if it needs to be vulva to penis. Um, that you, I think it's more vulva to penis that they're thinking. But I mean, vulva to vulva can of course transmit um, sexually transmittable diseases. So, but I just, for your own vulva health, I just go every three years, have a pap smear, and if, if, if you don't hear anything back from them, that there are no changes in your cells or anything, then you're good to go every three years. But if they um, do detect some changes or abnormalities, they will contact you. And then um, you might have to do a kaluskurder, which I don't remember what it's called at the moment, but only if, if, um, yeah, if, if it's cancerous cells that have are turning bad. Oh, I'm really bad at explaining this. I think the sun is frying my head. That must be it. But in other news, um, <clears throat> I'm going to the Knox conference in Gothenburg this year. It's in September, I think 18th to 20th September. It's the Nordic Association of Clinical Sexology, but it is wider than just clinical sexology. It is sexology, and there's going to be a lot of exciting things. I'm going to go up, do a pre-conference seminar. I'm not, I'm not hosting it. I'll just be there as, a, as an attendee on SAR, Sexual Attitude Reassessment, which is something that is very popular and common with sexologists in, um, I'd say, Australia, at least where I studied, and... America, but it's not so common in Europe, you know, we don't do that much of it. So it'll be very interesting, like I've done it, but it'll be very interesting to attend that seminar because, and I, hopefully I'm presenting, I submitted two abstracts, we'll see if either one of them is um, approved. One abstract was about periods and how we should and could be educating about periods and what we're doing now and what direction might be beneficial for us to go into. And I've been reading, like, um, I have, like, a stack of books on on my nightstand table and my professional table because sometimes I work in bed and I find that super cozy. Um, about periods, uh, like period, period power and the period guide for girls I think it's called um yeah I don't have I, I have them all written down somewhere but I'll just I'll just post a picture with this with this um with this podcast of all the books that I've been looking into and period uh, menstruation a short history of period of menstruating or something like that it's like all the books that have been the most popular in the couple of the past couple of years I've bought them and I am reading them I'm doing research for my own period project, but also for what I want to present in um, Nux. But I also submitted something, an, an ab another abstract, about the use of humor and sex ed and why it's important. So I've been researching humor as well and how humor is important for scientists who want to present their data. So to engage with the audience and to cast like a wider net. So I thought that was super interesting because I've been, I, I mean, I've always used humor quite a bit in, um, in all, my, all my work. And I, I have realized that there is no me without it. Like it's, it just comes very naturally to me. And now that I've been doing so much stand up, which I never thought I'd be doing, like I've, I've said on this um, podcast many times, I don't think I've been, I'm particularly funny. I'm not like, I will tell a funny joke right now. You all wait. Ha ha ha. I'm really bad at jokes. Not that good at puns. 
but um, people some, sometimes seem to find me funny. And, um, and I've realized how important it is with, like, to get audience engagement and to get people to relax and open up and just like, be really, really present. I think laughter does that to you. Like When you're laughing hysterically at something, you're not like, oh, what will I have for dinner tomorrow? <laughs> you're just like there laughing and it's like a full body experience you know if you're belly laughing and you're like crying that's all your body and mind is doing it's like laughing outrageously it probably goes into the laugh yoga as well so i'm hoping i get to present on either one or on both or i probably won't be presenting on both but you know either one would be fun um and also because i'm congress surfing mm-hmm, i Hello, birdies. Do not shit on me, please. I will be going to the World Sexual Health Organ, the, the World Association of Sexology. Sorry, was the World Congress of Sexology in Mexico City in October 2019. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I am so excited. I've never been to Mexico. It's been the land of my dreams for so long, and I get to be there for Dia des Dia des Muertes, Dia de Muertes, Dia de Dead. Anyway, sorry for butchering your language, um, which is like one of the greatest holidays I've ever learned about. And I'm about to wet my pants. I think I'll want to buy everything there, and I'll just like have to ship a container home and have my apartment full of beautiful, beautifully decorated skulls and stuff. Oh, I cannot wait. So there I will be part of uh, a Nax or like a, yeah, a Nordic sem- assembly. Oh, not an assembly. A Nordic panel, thank you. A Nordic panel um, presenting on SAR. So we have somebody from Sweden, from Denmark, from Finland and from Iceland. Denmark, Sweden and Norway presenting on different um, different, I don't know, aspects of SAR, the sexual attitude reassessment. So that should be cool. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'm a bit nervous as well. You know, it's colleagues from all over the world and kind of when you attend congresses, or at least this is, this is true for me, you kind of feel like, oh my God, I don't know anything. People in here know so much and they've been researching for so many years and I know nothing. What have I been doing with my life? And then you kind of go, Okay, let's pause. Wait a minute. I've been working now for almost 10 years. I might know a thing or two. I might have done some stuff. You know, you kind of need to have a mantra and not be cocky and not be... Because um, I, think, I think that's an issue as well. Uh, you you kind of you want to get acknowledged and you're kind of like, well, well, let me tell you about this project that I did. But that's what presenting is for. But I hate it when somebody's presenting and they kind of, when they're asking the questions, instead of just asking the presenter questions, they're kind of just talking about themselves and want their voice heard. I, it, it annoys the crap out of me, you know? So I don't want to be cocky. I want to be respectful and I want to give people their time and I want to learn new things and meet new people and make new contacts because I think that's super important in this field when you sometimes feel like you're losing your mind like like with the porn rhetoric it feels so good when you go to a conference like say the Nox the Nox community is a really good community to have so Nox is Nordic Association 
uh, but also it's Nordic countries. Well, Iceland technically, you know, so you might debate whether it is or isn't a Nordic country, but we think that we are. So um, NAX consists of Estonia, Finland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Iceland. And it's an amazing community to have, and it feels so good going in, in there and like discussing the porn rhetoric. And you feel like it's like everybody is like, right, the porn rhetoric, the way that people are presenting porn and talking about porn is really harmful. It's really shaming to people. Porn isn't what they're saying it is. It isn't having all this cause and effect. And, and I think it's just like, because sometimes you feel like you're beating your head against the wall when people are like, how can you say that porn is not shaping the sex lives of everybody? How can you say that porn is good? Like, nobody's saying that porn is good. It's not good or bad. It just, it is this thing. And it's, it's a lot, you know? It's different kinds of things, but it's not one or the other. It's different. Same with food. It's different. It's not one or the other. There are all kinds of foods. Um, so it, it feels really validating. Yeah, to go to these conferences, meeting colleagues and being able to learn about new things that you didn't know people were thinking about or were going on in different parts of the world. But I think the World Congress in um, Mexico will probably be a bit overwhelming. I think so. It's going to be a lot of people, a lot of nationalities. Like at the Knox conference, there's like, I don't know, 150 people maybe. But I think the World Congress is double or triple that. So... It's going to be busy and there are going to be a lot of presentations going on at the same time. So you'll need to jump from one to the other and be really organized. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be cool. In other news. Oh, yeah. And while in Mexico, if anybody from Mexico is listening to this podcast, um, I'd love your tips on where to go. I will bring my family with me. So I'll have small children. And I was thinking of Oaxaca. Oaxaca? Oaxaca? O-X-A-C-H-A I was thinking I wanted to spend some time there and I was, I was maybe thinking I'll be there in October so mind you you know, think, think, uh, think of me if you're thinking you know, they don't want to be stuck in the rain then tell me not where I should not go um, and I was thinking maybe if we should go up like is it north, south, I don't know I was thinking like three locations Mexico City being one and then I was thinking like two other locations I don't want to travel in a bus a huge bit I definitely do not want to rent a car unless it's absolutely necessary but I'd love to see different parts of Mexico and I love to have like I don't, I don't want the big flashy hotels with 11 swimming pools and hundreds of jacuzzis or something I just want something really simple rustic, simple swimming pool close to the beach, being able to see some wildlife with the kids and just hang out and give the kids some tortillas and just relax. That's really how I view Mexico. I don't know, that's my perfect view of Mexico. It's just like walking with the kids, having a really easy breezy time and hearing some, um, trying to learn some of the words and I don't know, just, I'm so excited. Mexican food is my favorite in the world. And I love me some avocados and some mole. So I cannot wait to go there. Like, I eat nachos every day. Uh, I don't know if this is a really bad thing to say about people in Mexico, Mexicans. They probably don't eat nachos every day, but I feel it's my only, it's my only route to engage with my Mexican feelings deep inside my belly, my nachos. My friends have even talked about it. They're like, I don't know any person that eats as much nachos as you do. And I do. I love my nachos. Gotta have them nachos. But tacos are not really big in Iceland. Like when I lived in the States, tacos were really big. 
They're not that big here in Iceland. I wish they were, but they aren't. Never seem to have caught on properly. I think somebody might be coming. They're probably like, who parked their car really badly straight across the parking lot? I heard some something shut, some door. I don't know. Well, okay. Anyway, um, in other news, I am try. I'm I'm. I'm busy getting funding for my huge period project, which will debut next year. And it's been going very, very well, I must say. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to summer. I've had so many projects going on and I've been so, I don't know, busy and kind of spread thin and stressed and being like, oh, I need to do this and this and that. And... I think I'll just be like hasta la vista for the whole of July. I'm going to Rise and I'll be in Eirabakki as well and just traveling the country. We usually pitch a tent and we'll be staying in a couple of houses. And I also usually check if some of the local um, guest houses or farm stays or whatever have any sort of deals going on. Then we might stay there for a night, but I just love being able to like put the phone away and not be Instagramming or thinking about reading emails, stuff like that, and just hanging out and enjoying. It's amazing. So I think I'm, I'm hoping that's my July. In June, I'll be doing a little bit of work because I need to read up a bit. So yeah, that's what's been on, what's been going on with me. If you know about any other conferences or congresses, I don't know the difference between a congress and a conference, but apparently there is one because it's the different it's different words. So if if there's a congress or conference that you know about that I might enjoy attending, you can you can shoot it my way if you want to. I think it would be super interesting. And yeah, I have to go spread some um spread i have to go distribute some vulva and penis postcards i printed a lot of them and i'm distributing them everywhere this summer because uh when i go do a hands everybody gets or i, I put i give them a lot of volvo postcards usually and penis postcards for them to do whatever they want i said it's like a fun surprise sometimes to wake up and have something in your mailbox and look and behold vulva and penis postcards Woo-hoo! But you know, people aren't doing that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making jokes right now. So yeah, I'll, um, I'm not off yet, but I'll be posting some episodes. Hopefully, I'll be able to do that before I leave for summer, and then I'll probably start back in August. Sorry about my singing abilities, which are very limited. Over now. This concludes this week's episode of Sex in Iceland. You can find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and on S-I-G-G-A-D-O-G-G dot com. That's sikaduck.com. See you guys later.